What is going on, Nets fans? It is, as always, your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Bridge to the Nets podcast right here on the Basketball Podcast Network, the number one place to get everything you need to know about your Brooklyn Nets. As always, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. And as always, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to check this episode out. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. And as you already know, this podcast and everything we do here at the Basketball Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're interested in jumping in and getting some of those huge cash prizes that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer, make sure when you sign up for DraftKings to obviously first and foremost sign up, use our promo code TBPN, and as always, you tell them that Neil Villapiano sent you. Folks, we've got a bunch to talk about here, as we always do. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to everybody who showed a lot of love and listened and downloaded uh, episode number one of my return of the Bridge to the Nets podcast. Really do appreciate it. Um, really means a lot to me. I'm excited to uh, continue on here as we get closer and closer to the beginning of next season. And we got a big jump in the direction of the season getting underway with the release of the Nets and also all of the team's schedules for the upcoming season. We'll kind of go over that. We'll look at some of the notable games throughout the year. We are also going to be talking about Ben Simmons and the 76ers because they finally reached a settlement on the grievance that has been uh, going back and forth between them. And we'll give more details about that in case you don't know. And we do unfortunately have some news about someone who had been covering the Nets the last handful of years, but is now moving up to a higher position with a different NBA team. And so we'll talk about that as well. So as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Bridge to the Nets podcast. So let's not waste any more time and tip this one off. So we'll kick things off with the Ben Simmons uh, situation. Well, not situation now. It's more of just, you know, confirmation, uh, you know, settlement basically involves him and his former team, the Philadelphia 76ers. This past Monday, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, or Woj as most of you know, reported that Ben Simmons and the 76ers finally reached a settlement agreement on the grievance Ben Simmons filed to recoup a portion of the near $20 million withheld from him as a result of his failure to play games in the 2021-22 seasons. Uh, both sides agreed to confidentially on the exact financial statement reached. So basically, they decided to not make it public how much money uh, Simmons has ended up recouping from the $20 million he was owed or that he wasn't paid this past year. Uh, Simmons and the NBA Players Association filed the grievance together back in April after the discussions between Simmons' representatives at Clutch Sports and the 76ers did not result in a settlement, sources said. The sides, the sides entered into an arbitration process but reached a settlement agreement prior to a judgment. I don't know exactly when the um, the arbitration uh, meeting was supposed to happen. Uh, kind of, I tried to look around to see if there was any, you know, specific date, but it doesn't look like there was. But uh, just based off of what Woj is saying, it sounds like it was actually coming up pretty quickly. Uh, Philadelphia had repeatedly insisted that Simmons was in breach of his contract under the collective collective bargaining agreement between the NBA and NBA PA. 
or the MBP, as they call it, and had the right to recoup the money advanced to him before the season. After Simmons made a trade request, the 76ers maintained Simmons breached his player contract upon failing to show up for the start of training camp and refusing to play during the preseason and regular season. Simmons arrived in Philadelphia near the end of the preseason, but cited his mental health as the reason his participation in team activities was so limited. The 76ers and Simmons disagreed over the degrees of access that the team and its doctors were allotted to Simmons to diagnose and affirm his mental health, sources said. Simmons received his full salary for his time spent with the Nets after a February 10th trade, although he never played a game for Brooklyn, as we all obviously know. Simmons also had surgery to repair a disc injury in April, and as mentioned before by Woj several times, Simmons is expected to be ready for the start of training camp in late September. And here's a little bit more details about uh, the situation as well. Beginning with Simmons's first paycheck on November 15th, Philadelphia began to take back the per-game salary of $360,000 for each game missed in the season. $360,000. That's kind of interesting. You, you don't see it very often where um, you get a kind of good idea as to how much one player is making per game. Uh, we usually know the details of what a player is making per year, but not per game. And it's funny to think about how, you know, these guys get paid millions of dollars, but in retrospect, they're only getting paid a certain $100,000. I'm sure other players like LeBron James, even Kevin Durant uh, and Kyrie Irving and guys like that probably make more than a million per game. But, you know, you don't know the situation with that. Anyway, because Simmons received a $16.5 million advance of his $33 million salary in the offseason, there wasn't enough money in each paycheck to cover the per-game deduction. So... This was an ongoing saga. This was kind of like the last thing that both Simmons and the 76ers had to get, uh, you know, completed and done with before they could really fully 100% uh, separate from one another. I mean, this was something that we all knew from a year ago that uh, Simmons really had no intentions of playing for the 76ers uh, ever again. And so it was just a matter of time before he got dealt um, and obviously, as we all know, he got dealt to us, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, it is, you know, you know, we're hearing that, you know, Ben Simmons will be fully healthy to go uh, for the start of training camp. You know, we know that he'll probably physically be 100% ready to go. The question is, will he be 100% uh, mentally ready to go? And uh, it's a question of at some point, he's going to have to face the music. He's going to have to get into the game and start playing. And I think when you look at the Nets roster, and this includes uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving still being here, the Nets certainly have improved their roster a bunch and have given themselves a better shot of making a run at an NBA championship this year. Um, I would say from the Nets' perspective, I think it's a relief as well because you, it's just one less pain in, the, pain in the rear end thing you have to deal with and you have to um, focus on. And now for Ben Simmons, just focusing on Simmons, the only thing we have left is to wait for him to come to training camp and be mentally and physically ready to play um, once the September training camp begins. So again, Ben Simmons and the 76ers finally settled on the grievance and uh, Simmons is able was able to recoup a portion of the nearly $20 million that uh, he was not given as a result of um, the decision to not play during the 21-22 season uh, when he was with the 76ers. Because again, he was paid regardless, you know, he was paid anyway by the Nets, even though he never suited up a game for them this past season. 
Um, but the net, but uh, Simmons and the Sixers finally came to some sort of an agreement under the table, as you would put it. And again, it's it's hush hush. So we may never really truly know exactly what Ben Simmons uh, ended up getting in this contract. But again, the bottom line is simply that that final chapter in Ben Simmons's time with the 76ers is over, and now he can f- officially 100% focus on his new. Uh, path and that is with us and the Brooklyn Nets so we'll see what happens again all we can do at this point is to just see is just see where things go once we get to September and you know fingers crossed like a lot of the stuff that's been going on this offseason just hope that it ends up working out in the Nets favor uh, not just in the immediate future but the long-term future as well so before we get to you know, revealing the net schedule and going over the notable games and things like that. I did want to bring up one other topic that's uh, on a little bit of the sadder side, not in like a, you know, a tragic type of news or anything like that. Just kind of a sad thing. And a lot of Nets fans uh, obviously expressed their sadness about this um, back on Thursday. Uh, and it was announced on Thursday afternoon that the Timberwolves were hiring Michael Grady who is going to be working for Ball Sports Minnesota to be their newest television play-by-play voice. If you guys don't know who Michael Grady is, he has been with the Nets the past six seasons as a backup play-by-play voice, the -the on-the-court reporter. He had that big segment during Nets games of I Did Not Know That. He would interview players on the court uh, at halftime during, you know, during timeouts and after the game and things like that, he was basically the Nets, uh, the Nets on Yes main team reporter and things like that. And Michael Grady was a super active guy on social media. I've actually interacted with him several times on my personal uh, Instagram, which you can follow at uh, NVPQB11 for those of you that don't know. Um, and yeah, he was just a really good guy, really good broadcaster, had a very you know smooth voice. And uh, obviously he blended in with the culture that the Nets had, especially when we had the likes of D'Angelo Russell and Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and even Joe Harris um, as well. It just He just seemed to fit in very naturally with the Nets and how they wanted to present themselves uh, on the Yes Network, which is, uh, which is great. And yeah, you're obviously happy for Michael Grady that he's going to take another major step in his career as a broadcaster to now be the official play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is a great organization for him to go to because, again, it's that same type of vibe. They want to be, you know, they, they want to have that smooth operator type voice, and that's what Michael Grady is. He brings energy as well. He We heard him a bunch this past year on, on Yes while uh, Ian Eagle was doing a bunch of NFL games. Uh, this past year, he he did a great job and he was exciting and I loved his energy and passion and I think he's going to be great. And I would say to Minnesota Timberwolves, you're getting a really, really great guy, an up and coming guy in the broadcasting field, and you're going to get a real good idea as to what um, what he's all about. I wanted to also give you a little bit of background on Michael Grady for not just Minnesota Timberwolves fans, in case they happen to be listening to this episode, but also for Nets fans who may not fully know what Michael Grady's pedigree is. Michael Grady is currently 39 years of age. He's a multi-time Emmy award-winning reporter, host, and producer, and 2016 Indiana Sportscaster of the Year comes to the Twin Cities after spending the last six years with the Yes Network in New York as the Brooklyn Nets courtside reporter. His television play-by-play experience includes the New York Liberty, 
the 2022 WNBA Commissioner's Cup, along with hosting the Yes Network's pre- and post-game coverage for the New York Yankees and the Yankees batting practice today's show. He also did have a show on Yes Network called I Appreciate You, where he was talking to athletes and celebrities and talking about things like that. And like I mentioned before, he had that big segment during Nets games called I Did Not Know That, where he would have a fun fact uh, of, of saying, like, I did not know that. And kind of it was a very, very cool thing in his own right. And him, along with Ian Eagle and Sarah Kustak and Ryan Rucco and Richard Jefferson, I continue to harp on to say the Nets have one of, if not the best broadcasting team in the NBA, may not necessarily the best broadcasting, you know, duo in the NBA, like the Knicks might have with uh, with Mike Breen and Walt Clyde Frazier. But they, to me, they have one of the most entertaining uh, groups and, you know, teams of uh, broadcasters, reporters um, for NBA television out there. And uh, obviously losing Michael Grady, you're losing a big personality from that. And hopefully the Nets can uh, replace I, I don't like to say the word replace, but hopefully have someone come in who's just as good and can continue on with that um, that great entertainment that we all enjoy watching games on. Yes. Um, Grady also has spent time in the sidelines for CBS Sports calling NFL and college football, as well as calling play-by-play for college basketball for the network. In addition, he served as the play-by-play announcer for NBA TV and Turner Sports. So Michael Grady's not walking into Minnesota with no experience being a broadcaster. He's been on television and been covering the NBA and covering sports and broadcasting sports for a long time. And again, he's only 39 years of age, which in the broadcasting world of which I am a part of, it is still very, very young because a lot of the great well-known established broadcasters right now are well over 50, even over 60 years of age. And uh, they took a long time to get where they want to be. And Michael Grady, this gives him a chance for a new challenge because, you know, six years in a lifetime doesn't seem that long. But in a career field, six years is a long time. And Michael Grady has seen a lot of the Nets growing, you know, that rebuilding team to becoming fun in 2018, 2019 to where they are now. And I think that, um, you know, Michael Grady saw this as an opportunity he couldn't pass up. I'm sure he wasn't the only one that auditioned for it. But uh, the Timberwolves and Bali Sports seemed to really like him, and they gave him the opportunity. And I know from my own perspective as a fellow broadcaster, if I got that type of opportunity, regardless of you know how things went in my previous uh, role, you can't help but not you can't help but not pass that up. Like you, you can't pass up an opportunity like that. You know, you're getting more recognition. You're the main voice that everybody listens to and sees. And uh, obviously from, from a financial perspective, you're getting, you know, more money. So, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to move from Brooklyn, New York and being in the New York media to then going to, I don't want to say a lesser media, but a not as, you know, big media, but still a pretty rocking sports city in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota which I believe the Timberwolves arena is right in downtown Minnesota. So there you go. But yeah, at the end of the day, uh, you know, as a Nets fan, it sucks to see because Michael Grady is uh, beloved by a lot of people uh, in Nets world. Uh, He definitely interacted with the fans so much. And uh, I expect him to do the same with the Minnesota Timberwolves fans. Uh, Looking forward to his first time coming back to the Barclays Center. I'm sure that uh, they'll recognize him in some way, you know, one way or another. Um, And, uh, you know, Grady was a great guy and a great broadcaster and a great person. Everything great about him. So for Timberwolves fans, you guys are getting an awesome up-and-coming uh, broadcaster. 
Um, and from all of us at uh, in Nets World, uh, we just want to say thank you to Michael Grady for the six years that he was uh, with us. And we look forward to hearing him and seeing him um, a bunch on television. We look forward as well to seeing him come back to Brooklyn uh, in the near future. So shout out to Michael Grady, who leaves the Nets and Yes Network to now become the newest television play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you could also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. So if you're feeling lucky and if you feel confident, if you're a fan of Rutgers football like I am, you could do a same game parlay to bet that Rutgers will go to Ohio State and beat the Buckeyes in Columbus, which we all know how that's most likely going to happen. But still, if you feel confident enough, you could do just that and put a bunch of bets together and bet on that same game parlay. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we we enter into the nitty-gritty of this episode. Uh, You can see from the title of the episode and things like that, we now enter into talking about the Nets and NBA schedules that were released. They were released this past Wednesday, and uh, now we know exactly who the Nets play, when, and how the season uh, could unfold in terms of scheduling, obviously. Let's start off with the championship odds uh, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, use our promo code TBPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Uh, Championship odds for the Nets, they are currently tied for the sixth highest odds at plus 1,400. Kind of interesting that they're still one of. But then this, again, is based off of the idea that KD and Kyrie will be on the team. If they weren't on the team or if they don't end up being on the team at some point this season, I'm sure the Nets championship odds will drop. Will they drop dramatically? Probably not. Because like I said before, I think if the Nets, you know, play this right, especially if they do still trade Katie and Kyrie, they're going to not only get draft picks, but they're going to get some quality players to come back that can make this team competitive enough to still get into the playoffs, which I think would be, you know, a big plus if we do decide to move on from Katie and Kyrie. But yeah, the Nets championship odds, again, presented by DraftKings, are at plus 1,400 going into the 22-23 season. Now, I have a bunch of notable games, and I'll kind of give a quick explanation as to why, in my opinion, they're notable. I think a lot of people would agree with most of them. There might be some other ones, and if there are, make sure to leave it in the comment section on Twitter at Bridge to Nets and also on Instagram at Bridge to Nets if I missed any or if you have your own opinion on certain games. We'll start off with the season opener, which is actually also the home opener for the Nets. It'll be October 19th. So literally, if you guys are listening to this on Friday, August 19th, we are exactly two months away from the season opener, season slash home opener, 
when the Nets are at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. So kind of an interesting matchup. Again, Katie and Kyrie are playing. Then you're going up against the Pelicans team that got into the playoffs last year and really made some noise. And they have a young up-and-coming core with Zion Williamson hopefully being back healthy and Brandon Ingram as well, who's I think one of the most underrated forwards in the game today and really, really has taken his game to another level, which you love to see. But that is uh, the first notable game. The next one is a couple of days later, almost about a week later, October 26th in Milwaukee against the Bucks. And obviously, again, KD Kyrie versus uh, Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And again, another big matchup against one of uh, one of the teams we're going to be fighting with to try to win the Eastern Conference. Next one is November 13th in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Uh, KD and Kyrie versus LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron just signing a two-year contract extension worth $95 million this past week. So he'll be in L.A. for a little bit time longer. Um, again, it'll be interesting to see what happens once uh, Bronny James, his oldest son, um, is eligible to play in the NBA. But uh, yeah, in Los Angeles, going to be very, very exciting uh, if all players are playing and they're on the teams and everything like that. And then you shift to nine days later, uh, November 22nd in Philadelphia against the 76ers. Now, this is with the idea that Ben Simmons is playing. Because if he is, this will be the first time that he will have played against the 76ers in Philadelphia since he got traded last year. And uh, we were wondering to ourselves, if you remember that game towards the end of the year when the Nets were in Philadelphia, Ben Simmons was on the bench, uh, obviously not playing. You were wondering how the 76ers fans would react to that. Um, you kind of wonder if, I mean, I'm not even really wondering. I know for a fact it'll be more hostile if Ben Simmons does play. You know, we we don't know what the situation's going to be. I, I would like to think that Ben Simmons is not going to be rattled by it all. And I'd like to think that, uh, especially if Katie and Kyrie are playing and on the team and all that, you know, they're going to take a lot of the load off of him. And I think that's good. And we mentioned it before that Katie and Kyrie are score first, have the score first mentality. Ben Simmons doesn't. And I think that could just flow very well with the way the Nets probably want to run their offense. But yeah, that's going to be a big one. Obviously, also with James Harden being back long term in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid and uh, all those guys, it's going to be it's going to be a really exciting matchup. Uh, next one, December 4th at home against the Celtics. The first time uh, since the Nets got swept in the first round uh, that the Nets and Celtics will face off. It's crazy how. They go nearly the first two months without playing against one another. But, yep, December 4th in Brooklyn against Celtics. Another big one, December 21st at home against the defending NBA champion, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and the Golden State Warriors. February 11th at home against the 76ers. If I'm not mistaken, that is the first time that James Harden, if he is playing, obviously, will make his return to Brooklyn. And it'll be interesting to see how Nets fans react to him i'm sure there'll be a lot of booing i'm sure that will be a sold out game especially at that point when you're getting close to the all-star break and the trade deadline and at that point you'll really kind of have a better picture as to where both teams are as regards to the standings and play styles and everything like that so that should be interesting march 14th in oklahoma city against the thunder now other than the most obvious reason, why would this be a game that's notable? Well, again, it's for the main reason that Kevin Durant makes another return to Oklahoma City. Uh, I'm trying to think if this is the first time that KD has come back to OKC since uh, since he moved to the Nets. I'm not sure. 
Probably not, if I can remember, but um, not entirely sure. But I would wonder, and I would probably assume that uh, the Thunder fans will once again give it to Katie pretty hard um, because of obviously what it's what had transpired a couple of years ago. Just a game that I thought was interesting. Uh, and the last one is actually the last game of the season at home, April 9th, against the 76ers. And I think that's a really, really good game because, again, depending on where both teams are at that point, it could be a match. It could be a uh, preview of maybe a playoff series or if one of the teams is somehow fighting for a playoff spot, which probably more likely going to be the Nets considering everything, but you never know. Um, it could be a really, really good test for both teams at the end of the year to kind of get themselves going just before the playoffs get underway in whatever situation. And again, all these games could change in levels of, you know, hype and things like that, depending on a lot of different factors that I have mentioned. Um, the other games that I'm, I'm curious about are the ones against the Raptors, particularly in Toronto, um, with obviously Kyrie Irving still not vaccinated. Will he still be allowed to play in Toronto? Um, that will remain to be seen. Hopefully there won't be a big of a mandate by that point and they could go from there. But as of right now, uh, we're still very unsure about that. But that is just a bunch, a handful of notable games that are that the Nets are going to be involved in. Another big thing to notice is that the Nets are not playing on uh, Christmas Day, uh, which they did last year, um, which but they're not going to this year. Um, I think that's honestly with the feeling of, well, what if Katie and Kyrie are not on the team by that point? Um you know, would the Nets still be interesting to watch on Christmas Day? Probably not. Probably wouldn't be as much hyped. Uh, could games get moved for whatever reason? Yeah, absolutely. Is the if you know again, we have to remember that COVID nineteen is still a factor. Uh, obviously, not at the same level, but people unfortunately are still getting it, and even more unfortunately, still dying from it. Um, but games could get moved that there's some sort of COVID outbreak or whatever the case may be. But uh, yeah, the Nets are not going to be playing. Um, in uh in a christmas day game but they also are going to but they will be a part of what the nba is introducing this year as rivalry series so they're going to be a part of it when they play the 76ers and also certainly when they play the knicks in the battle of new york um as well so it'll be rivalry series i've never i know this may be an unpopular opinion but i've never i've never looked at the knicks as much of a rival especially since they've been in brooklyn I could see it more when you're playing in New Jersey and it's the Battle of New York and New Jersey and things like that. Like I am with being a New Jersey Devils fan in the NHL and you're facing up against the Rangers. I don't know if the Net, I don't think the Knicks really look at the Nets as a rival. I think the Knicks look at like the Celtics as much more of a rival, and I completely understand why. Um, but the Nets' closest rival is the is the Knicks. But I would say this, considering what has transpired over the last 12 months or less than 12 months between the Nets and 76ers, I would argue to say that that is probably the biggest rivalry for the Nets, considering all the factors that have happened. Um, so, you know, it's still going to be fun. And obviously it's going to be another year of high expectations. I think there will be relatively high expectations, regardless of whether or not Katie and Kyrie are here. It's just the level of expectations might uh, differentiate depending on who's on the team and who isn't. Um, but again, looking for, you know, trying to be relatively optimistic about it, looking at it and saying to ourselves, this is the team that can, that certainly can make the playoffs. And uh, we'll see who ends up being there once training camp gets underway in late September. But that is uh, the announcement of the NBA and net schedules being released. 
Again, championship odds presented by DraftKings. Nets are tied for the sixth highest odds at plus 1,400. I also label up some notable games. Let me know what you guys think of the schedule, what other games you're excited about, and everything like that on Twitter, again, at Bridge2Nets, and also on Instagram at Bridge2Nets.